Hello, and welcome to the Partner Connection. This is Dell Technologies Partner Program Podcast, and I'm Cheryl Cook. And today I'm delighted to welcome the president of our international markets for Dell Technologies, Angus Haggerty. Welcome, Angus. Hey, Cheryl. Delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so the international markets, obviously it's a huge portion of our business and somewhat of a new role we put together six, eight months ago. So maybe share a little bit about the scope and some of the benefits of us organizing and pulling together under your leadership our international market. I'm honored to be leading the international markets. Uh, the easiest way to define it is that it's our business and markets outside of USA and Canada. Uh, my good colleague, John Byrne, leads our North America region. And it's probably about roughly 50, 50% of our business sits between those two regions. The reason to form international is the scale of opportunity for growth that we have across that market. The opportunity to grow our business, both from the consolidation that's taking place in the marketplace, but also the scale of opportunity from a market potential point of view. 170 countries. Opportunity is also to lift the voice of what is required in those markets within the company and to ensure that we understand the opportunities and we make sure from a product group and from a business unit and functional perspective that we're unlocking those opportunities. We're also looking to drive consistency, share best practice across the region and really scale our business and be, I believe, a significant part of the growth for the company for the next number of years. You've always been such a champion and an advocate for the partners and the partner community and the role and all that they add value, certainly around delivering our business and solutions in these markets. So we've all been navigating what we all acknowledge is a rather crazy 2020, but I think you've really instilled a bit of a best practice on how to stay really engaged with our customers and our partners. And I think you coined the phrase, Zoom Airlines, you've been traveling <laughs> virtually to all over the regions. Maybe share just a little bit, you know, your observations, your insights, and your learnings as you've traveled around with each of the various regions. It's been a challenging year for all of us, you know, I'm sure individually, personally, and family and friends and so on. And hopefully we're coming out the other side of it and uh, vaccines are beginning to happen. And, uh, but still, you know, important we all stay safe and stay healthy. I think quite early on, I think the realization was that we wouldn't be traveling during 2020. So I, I pivoted to virtual trips. So taking exactly what I would have done in a physical trip, but replicating it in a virtual way and spending considerable amount of time with our customers, but also with our partners. I've met hundreds of partners right across the international region. I did prioritize what I call our top 20 countries from a market perspective across the region. I concentrated on those initially. In fact, actually this week I'm in South Asia and Asia emerging markets region. So I'm starting to also cover a number of the regions, touching into a number of the countries there. Great discussions with our partners and our customers. And of course, everyone has been navigating the challenges that have been posed by this pandemic. Initially, it was getting access to technology and notebooks so that employees could stay engaged and able to do their work from home. That's pivoted to much more of a workforce transformation. Yes, the initial notebooks, the initial requirements to connect, and then suddenly a realization that actually this way in which we work will continue for some time. And even you know, as we get through the pandemic, it's going to be a hybrid world, a flexible world, a connected workplace that we're going to be working in. And so many of our customers with our partners, we're now designing those workforce transformation, the ability to really look after that set of solutions from a workforce perspective end to end, the hardware, the software, the services. 
And that's where our partners, in my opinion, are coming into their own in the growth and development of our end user computing business. Because for me, across the international region, pivotal to be able to deliver those solutions is our partners. They're bringing the consultancy services, the migration, the deployment, the managed services that support those solutions. And it's similar now as customers pivot a little more of the resource back into infrastructure, into digitalization of their business, which is very much anchored in a multi-cloud world. I would say 99.9% of all the customers I talk to recognize the opportunity to leverage workloads through public cloud, private, on-prem, hosted. And again, with our partners there, we're building out that multi-cloud set of solutions and capabilities. And again, it's the capabilities with our technology that we're bringing to market together. And we've seen a significant progress through 2020, which as you know, Cheryl, as we've been working in this business for many years, is building on multiple years of growth and development of our partner business across the region. And I think as we look forward and we see our customers doubling down on those investments, digitalizing their businesses and investing into the technology, we have a fantastic opportunity ahead in 2021 and beyond. I'll tell you, it's an amazing opportunity and I'm an optimist by nature. So it's always the silver lining of some of these challenges. And we have for some time been talking about the pace of change, how fast things are moving and my heavens, look at what we've all just witnessed, right? We're all watching. I think Michael characterizes three years of digital transformation in three months, right? So (laughs) the timing has never been more critical and more important. And to your point, it's building on a strong foundation, but our partners are so uniquely well-positioned given their regional locations, their intimate knowledge of our customers. To your point, the fact that they can bring expertise to bear across multi-cloud. Given all that we're kind of living and describing right now, what's the one area for our partners that you've just seen repeated is a bit of a best practice or where would you encourage others to focus? What's a top priority that would be a win-win, low-hanging fruit, if you will, around capabilities and expertise to optimize the opportunity with us? Some of our partners will be in a number of those transformational areas, as in they have capabilities in workforce and in infrastructure and in security. And clearly, we work with our partners across those areas. But for some of our partners, maybe who have been more in the devices and end of things, it's moving to a set of solutions like workforce transformation. So leveraging the services, our software, our solutioning, our ability to remote manage, patch, and support our customers. So what I'd say to our partners is it's most certainly shifting to those workforce transformation solutions, multi-cloud from an infrastructure perspective and bringing those solutions to market. I would say as well, we're seeing a pivot towards more as, as a service. And as we invest more in capabilities like Dell Financial Services, as we build out our capabilities on a multi-year tenant with Project Apex that our partners will be familiar with, coming with us on that journey and bringing those capabilities to market with our partners, I think will be absolutely key as well too. Of course, we're seeing growth not be the same in all verticals and areas. So one of the big benefits our partners have is their vertical expertise and capabilities. Healthcare, education, the whole digital areas have clearly been significant growth through this year and will continue into next year. But even in those verticals that have been challenged economically and spend-wise, talking to customers, they want to find a set of solutions that allows them to invest into the digitalization of their business. Because as those businesses return, they want to make sure their business models, 
are digitally based, uh, their applications, and then their workforce is fully enabled. So we have a great opportunity to work with our partners, I think, across all those sectors and verticals as well, too. Absolutely. And, you know, you talked about outcomes and we're increasingly seeing this. And I think in so many ways, that's a lot of what our partners have been focused on anyway, right? Which is solution orientation, outcomes to line of business or business challenges. And as you said, we're just looking to simplify the overall engagement and experience with all that we're focused on on Project Apex. So it's rather undeniable about the customer trend on the increased need for as a service. And we've been focused on expanding our Dell Technologies on Demand and Flex on Demand and Dell Financial Services in your region in particular. And I know you've been a big advocate inside the company of bringing those resources and capabilities to bear. Maybe talk a little bit about how that's been an enabler for you and our partners, at least in the international region. Yeah, we we announced a little while ago, if we take the Middle East region, for example, our expansion of our Dell Financial Services capabilities in there to the Middle East through our capabilities in in Dubai, but across a number of countries, including Saudi Arabia and Qatar. And what I would say is that we'll continue to do that. We have a a couple of key markets in Asia we're currently working on now in the next phase, and one of our biggest markets in Latin America as well, too. So we're going to continue to expand and bring those capabilities to market. And with our partners, We've seen that trend from customers. You know, the big investments in working capital have been shifting to OPEX models for a number of years now. Um, They're also shifting to more of a complete set of solutions. That's why we have our flex on demand, our consumption models, our utility models on the infrastructure side. And Project Apex is really just going to help us bring all of that to as a service. So if you're putting in place a solution that is a multi-cloud modernization of your infrastructure, ability to move workloads across, We'll build an as-a-service solution for our customer that allows that flexibility to move workloads between areas with our partners and bringing that to market. So, yeah, I think very exciting. And it's certainly what I'm hearing from customers and engaging with our partners is most certainly what we're going to bring to market together across these key regions and continue to expand and invest our reach and capability geographically. Absolutely. And, you know, I think this is One other example, which is a great expression of the differentiation of the breadth of our portfolio. When we talk about our robust client business clearly and with the push to the edge, but from the core to the cloud and with everything moving to this as a service, our partners can really engage with us in a pretty broad way to address those increasing trends and business needs as the customers are certainly pulling us all there, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's just a great opportunity to build on the relationships we have with our partners and continue to grow. And as you talked about earlier on, I think as you look forward to the trends as we exit this year, the fact that we're continuing to see customers prioritize investment into technology and digitalization, we are going to see that accelerate over the next two years. And so it's a great opportunity to double down on where we're investing, where we're focused as a company. uh, You know, we spent over four billion again last year on R&D, innovation and development. So we'll continue to bring to market innovative technology and products. And then with our partners building those into solutions that we can bring to underpin our customers' objectives and goals for their business and make sure that IT and investment in IT continues to transform the business and continue to deliver on the business outcomes and priorities. 
I mean, some of that innovation has been right across the board, uh, Cheryl, in client and in the end user areas and our notebooks and desktops and workstations. It's also been an infrastructure, a pretty pivotal year for us just gone, which was in the area of our mid-range storage with PowerStore. Uh, it's been fantastic to see the scale of adoption, the fastest adoption of any new technology in the storage space we've had for our company and our partners and the feedback from our partners around that technology. And of course, it's part of the solutions that we're bringing to market. But I think a lot of excitement around the new technology. I mean, it's, it's been fantastic to see in a year when we've all been working remotely, we've all been working from home, the level of innovation has been fantastic. I also encourage our partners to leverage our capabilities from a solution center perspective. All our solution center engagements with our customers and partners have moved virtually. Our proof of concepts are all working virtually, our collaborative sessions, and we've seen a significant growth in, in engagements there. And I encourage our partners to leverage the full breadth of capabilities we have there as well for dialogue, discussion, and briefings with our customers. As well as our executive briefing centers, you know, we absolutely really, really tremendous engagement and customer satisfaction through our virtual EBC experiences, which the partners most certainly are welcome to leverage. And we're all learning as we've all pivoted and navigated what the last 10 months has shown how, frankly, efficient, productive, and effective we can all still be with these new virtual capabilities. We've all become Zoom experts <laughs> kind of by design, but we can put our executive leadership like yourself, some of our best subject matter experts, all available in these virtual forums with our customers and our partners to just help focus on helping them deliver to their business challenges. Yeah, the barriers to engage are gone. And I see it with customers. You know, they're very happy to be doing EBCs for a couple of hours on a particular topic and area. They can bring in expertise from within their customers or our partners, and we can have those engagements and discussions. We can bring in our chief security officer, a lot of focus around security and cybersecurity this year. And those solutions we spoke about earlier on with our partners and building those, it's building the security elements into those solutions as well, too, with things like Carbon Black in our workforce solutions or data domain within our infrastructure solutions. That's a key piece. And we can bring in people like John Simone, our uh, chief security officer, or our CIO, Jen Felsch, has joined many of those sessions. Whereas before, we would need to fly them to the locations, get organized. The barriers are certainly being eliminated. And productivity is most certainly increasing. That's a consistent feedback and theme from talking about our partners and our customers is that the productivity has lifted by using technology in the way we are and the solutions that we're bringing to market with our partners. There's absolutely no question. So maybe reflect on that a little bit. To your point, I was describing in the early weeks and months that I felt like this pandemic in so many ways was the great equalizer because it just put all of our customers, ourselves, our partners, all of us were in the same circumstances of having to work virtually. And it just removed that change management resistance, right? We're just more open to engaging, which I think without that catalyst, we might not have been as open to just push through the change management as quickly as we did. But as you've had to clearly have such diverse leadership responsibilities with team members on your team, literally over half the world, what has been your insights or ahas or learnings 
when you see just how resilient all of us have become, our partners clearly have been very resilient on driving the level of business performance we've continued to do. But from a leadership perspective, what have you found with your teams and your leaders? It's been a great opportunity, and I think we've seen the accelerations we've talked about, but there's also been challenges for sure. When I talk with our team and organization around the region, I talk to them clearly about watching, you know, home and work are now fully integrated. Here we are all sitting at home, you know, um, I'm looking at a room here, I can close the door. You need to create some boundaries between the elements. Otherwise, the work-life balance, um, you know, the constant, you know, focus on work, you've got to create some divides and get that balance right. I think for other team members, maybe others who you know are single or living at home on their own, et cetera, and so on, a lot of lockdowns, and we have a lockdown here right now in Ireland and across Europe with the third wave. There are some issues around mental health and making sure you've got things that are helping you switch off from work and stress and pressure and you know maybe the hobbies that people have had you know and had historically you've not got access to. I love to travel. I can't travel as a family and an individual. I love to go to sporting events. No fans can attend any sporting events. So Got to find other things. And mine's been reading a lot of books. Uh, mine's been getting out into the garden because, you know, you've got to stay obviously close to your home as well, too, during lockdown. So, you know, it's finding those elements to switch off and then reaching out to team members, understanding their perspective. You know, yes, Zoom is great and it's a great tool, but it's also quite intense. So, you know, some of my one-to-ones, I, I don't know how you do, Cheryl, I actually do them on the phone because, you yeah. know, they don't all need to be by video, et cetera. Just creating a bit of variety. Middle of the day, I got to try and take a break and, and try and get out for a little bit of fresh air and a short walk. So watching all those elements, checking in with team members. And as a leader, I've done dozens and dozens of town halls with different groups and different parts of the organization. I share my own experience. I share the, my own challenges I've had and really let people realize that they're not alone in some of the challenges and they've had and talk about how I've personally you know, navigated some of those elements. But reaching out, staying connected, keeping an eye on colleagues, family, friends is definitely very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we certainly appreciate your leadership and the leadership of ELT. I mean, we've all been navigating this and I just think the empathy, the connectiveness, I think actually Michael has a quote that I reuse quite a bit that says, while we're apart, in many ways, we've never felt more connected. And I just think there's a humanitarian reality to all this that we're all just so much more relaxed a year or two ago you might have had a little reaction to a dog barking or a baby crying on a conference (laughs) call now you want to meet the dog and meet the baby Uh, they're in the conversation and we're all just getting on so i just think the, uh, the learning from this in so many ways is going to certainly be with us permanently and to the good, right? To the good. Yeah, no, no, we're all in the same boat and the same challenges uh, for sure. It's also been wonderful, by the way, to see with our partners and our teams, how we've continued to connect into the communities. I spend time with our employee resource groups who work closely with many of our partners in, in many countries around the world and the work that we've continued to do there. It's had to be virtual, it's had to be remote, but it's been wonderful to see. In fact, actually, I would say the engagement level into the community and the giving back and the activities there that we do jointly with many of our customers and many of our partners. That's been fantastic to see. And I think that spirit that has been created and if anything accelerated over the last 12 months around all of those areas has been wonderful. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's just something that connects us all, right? We're all experiencing this and you know, there's nothing more gratifying than when you really see those in need 
how we can make an impact and a difference on really helping them. So one last thing on a professional level, I think you have for the longest time been such an advocate and a really public champion around diversity and inclusion and particularly made just huge progress. And when you look at the unique opportunity we have now when so many of us are gonna continue to work remotely, you no longer have to move to London or move to Austin for career opportunities or potential. So maybe talk just a little bit about your thoughts and insights on how we can open up potentially more opportunities for diverse talent and really help realize the vision that we've been so committed to around just leadership opportunities, given this unique climate we're in where uniquely we're going to be able to fill it with remote folks. But I think it's a fantastic opportunity and you've been such a champion for so long. I think for our partners, for everyone in the technology industry, for many years now, access to skills, getting that base of skills to grow and develop, whether it's through education and schooling and subjects, choices, et cetera, and so on. That's been a focus for all of us in the technology industry. And I think at Dell Technologies and with our partner partner community, we've always said, the wider you can cast that net, the more open you are from a, a diversity perspective, more flexibility, then the access you'll get to a much broader talent pool. And we as a company have had Connected Workplace for over 10 years now with flexible working, remote working, working from home. And we all see that, I think, now expanding within our company and all the companies around the world will see a greater level of use of, of flexible working and remote and, and working from home. And in doing that, you then eliminate some of the barriers, which, as you said, you know, there's no requirement. We've often described work as not a place, it's an activity. And so, therefore, that gives you access to, you know, if you think geographically and you're in a country, now suddenly you have a wide access to a much broader geography of people people who are not able to move to that city where your office is. And there's many reasons why people can't move there or maybe they can't leave their home. So now you can access people who are you know, restricted and not mobile and able to leave. So the skills are broad, much wider. But it's also important, I think, just to the opening part of your question, Cheryl, to say that you also have to ensure that you're creating an inclusive environment inside your organization. So as you attract that diversity, you've also got to make sure that the culture is inclusive and that everybody can bring the whole of themselves to work all of their talents and capabilities and the leadership in the organization you know needs to be open to input from all of that and the ideas and thinking and then building the best decisions but the most diverse the most inclusive teams are the most successful that's a well-proven fact and with remote working and connected workplace your company can get access to a much broader set of talent and skills and therefore build success for the future Absolutely. I know our partners appreciate all your insights and it's so great reconnecting with you, Angus. I'm going to throw you a curveball. I do this in the closing <laughs> of all my little chats. Share with us a little fun fact about yourself that wouldn't be on your resume, not on your CV, your colleagues and team members may not know. So what's a fun fact about Angus? Well, I mentioned a few about my gardening and growing vegetables and so on, but, but actually my background from a family perspective is a family of lighthouse keepers. Uh, my two uh, uncles were lighthouse keepers. And my grandfather was a lighthouse keeper. And I often tell the story about how technology has eliminated the uh, history of my family's lighthouse keeping work, because obviously all that's all automated now. 
so yeah, that's that's a fun fact about me. I come from uh, I come from the uh, lighthouses around Ireland. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Well, Angus, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for participating on this podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I can't wait till we can see you in person. Great. Thanks, Cheryl. Thanks to all our partners. Great to chat to you. Well, thank you again, Angus. It's always so great to speak with you, and I know our partners appreciate hearing from you firsthand. And to our partners, thanks so much for listening. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode of The Partner Connection. Until then, I hope everyone stays safe and be well.